G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hello, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to today's 2020 podcast. Remember, you can hear 2020 on the Vision Radio Network from 10 a.m. Eastern Time. That's 11 Australian Eastern Summer Time on the Vision Radio Network. As we count down the days to Christmas, many of us think about the gifts that we can buy or the family holidays we can plan, lavish get-togethers and great food. But there are those in some nations around the world who will be anticipating a Christmas season of severe hardships when it comes to the persecution that they suffer for being a follower of Christ. When there are times of Christian celebration, the risk to believers in persecuted nations around the world is heightened and often lives are at risk. To talk through the issues facing so many Christians in nations around the world, it's good to be able to welcome back religious liberty analyst Elizabeth Kendall. Hello, Elizabeth. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me. Elizabeth, whenever there is a major Christian celebration, we're talking about Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we're talking about Christmas Day, uh, there are those Christians who are around the world who are not necessarily looking forward to this time with eager anticipation of a wonderful feast and celebration, but actually trembling at the possibility of undergoing dramatic persecutions. Yeah, so there's a, there's a whole range of uh, emotions that will cover the world this Christmas. There'll be Christians in countries like Syria that, are, that I mean, Christmas will just have to come and go and will probably not get much of a thought because they're struggling to survive in the midst of a, of a horrendous sectarian war. They might be uh, displaced from their homes and um, like someone I just heard of the other day, a, a, an Iraqi refugee who'd f- fled with her five children to Syria and is now trying to flee somewhere else. But where else do you go? I mean, they're sort of running out of, running out of room. So Christmas is not going to be very... Uh, it's not going to be the same for them as it will be for us. You're going to have Christians in countries where security is very tense at the moment, where terrorist attacks are a likelihood. Uh, Christians in Pakistan, uh, Egypt, Nigeria, who will go to church conscious of the fact that their church could be the target of a terrorist attack, a bombing. Uh, I mention those three countries because they're three countries that I know churches have been hit with terrorist bombings on Christmas Day in the past. In fact, Nigeria was hit last year with um, Boko Haram bombed churches, several churches, uh, over Christmas. I, uh, to me, it's almost incomprehensible to think that when I go to church on Christmas Day, I'll have to drive through several military checkpoints, have my car searched for bombs, um, I'll then have to park down the road and walk up and be searched you know, again, uh, to keep out the bombers, and I'll come into church and will worship knowing that someone might try to drive their truck through the barricades and into the wall of the church. 
Um, that's what happened last Sunday when a, a, when a bomber decided he'd just plough his um, SUV right through the barricades and smashed it right through the back wall of the church, came in right behind the choir and uh, killed eight people and wounded 145. This is the reality for Nigerian Christians at the moment in, in northern Nigeria, particularly in those in cities like Jos and, and Kaduna, which was struck uh, just a few weeks ago. Um, so it's not going to be quite the same as what we experience when you know we see the joy of Christmas. Uh, they will acknowledge the joy of Christmas, but their hearts will be will be faint, especially if they're going to church with children. It's when you're taking children to church in these situations. It, it's something all over. It's something different all over again. And, as yes, you say, no, we need to be remembering them. It's likely to be low key in so many nations around mm-hmm. the world because being public in any way draws attention uh, to faith in such a way as will draw a violent response. That's that's what you're saying. Being a Christian, talking about issues. I mean, when I think of Christmas, I think of some of the deeper issues of the incarnation that yes. God has made contact with us. Uh, in a special way uh, that the incarnation uh, there, there is just a whole deep understanding of God's connection to us and his provision of that way of salvation that comes in the incarnation but but if you're public about that in any way in some of these nations your life is at risk that's right but one thing you know as you were saying that I was just I thought that was just such a beautiful description and I thought that's something that uh that happens in in countries where you know the cost of your faith and you know the cost of Christianity, it, it helps you. It, it it does it for you. It shaves all the rubbish off, which is why it can be a great source of unity across denominational lines. When, when you're persecuted, the things that don't matter tend to really not matter in a big way. And I can imagine that if you're going to church uh, in a in a secret underground community or if you're going to church in Nigeria worried that you might be struck by a terrorist bombing the only thing that is going to matter on that day is Emmanuel God with us and you know I think we should think about that too when when we look at our western Christmas and uh, even in our churches so often all that so much that is important is just not important it's the decorations and the presents and and uh, you know all these all these other things and uh, to get right back to the focus of God coming to be with us is just if we could just focus on that you know the way it will be focused on in so much of the world this Christmas. Funny, isn't it, uh, that here in Australia, where we've got this freedom uh, to go and worship in a local church at Christmas time, that what our big problem often is, is that we're minimising the importance of Christmas and the real meaning uh, to the yeah. point where we're actually it's been trivialised. But when you start to talk about it in the context of believers who cannot go and celebrate Christmas publicly for fear of their life, it really puts the onus on us to actually think a little more deeply and say, well, maybe the public gathering makes the biggest statement that I need to be making this Christmas. Yes, yes. I think we, I think with Chris, I have to tell you, since I've been doing this work of religious liberty uh, work, 
the emotional response that I have to both Christmas and Easter has just been magnified. And I think that's because I think I've been forced to really look at what the gospel, what it costs people and what it offers people. I mean, it, it completely transforms people's lives. Um, uh, you know, people who, people who were violent, uh, communities that were constantly at war with each other, they can be completely and radically transformed by the gospel. And that's the whole point of what Paul says in, you know, in Ephesians, that it is through the church taking this message uh, to, to the world that the world will be transformed. And, you know, this is through Christ, what he did. And, and so I look at, you know, I look at the suffering in the world and I just, I feel so, uh, so amazed at what Christ did. You know, I, you sort of think, well, boy, if I was God, I would have given this world a, the flick a long time ago. And yet the love of God for this world is just amazing. You know, God loved the world so much that he gave his son and Jesus came and he put his arms out and he, he went to the cross so that our sins could be forgiven, so that we could be cleansed and filled with the Holy Spirit so that we could, you know, take this message to the whole world and the whole world would be, you know, you know impacted by it. So, you know, I, the, more I, the more I see how, how bad things are in so many places and the more I see what... God is offering us through Jesus Christ, oh, the more overwhelming I find it. So, you know, I think there is real value in Christians actually really engaging with the persecuted church. I, that's my personal testimony, that my engagement with the persecuted church has, um, it, has, uh, tr it has removed a lot of my own burdens. A lot of the things I thought were big, I now no, no longer do. A lot of the things that bothered me now no longer bother me. And it has magnified my appreciation for what Christ has done and for what Christ is giving us and making available to us uh, through him and through what he has done for us. There is real value in uh, engagement with the persecuted church in this way. I suspect there'll be people who have families uh, where the vote is, oh, no, we won't go to church this year. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll just sit around and put our feet up and enjoy fine food. Uh, what you're sharing with us, Elizabeth, may just be the catalyst uh, that some families will start to share, uh, that there are hardships that are going on in various places around the world that not every family can get to church for Christmas Day and celebrate the incarnation and... It all comes into perspective when you think of the value of what we have and the value that is lost in those nations which are under persecution. I'll remind people uh, that Elizabeth's new book uh, is uh, out. It's called Turn Back the Battle. Uh, you should be able to get it through Amazon and good Christian bookstores. If it's not there yet, it will be very shortly. And you can visit Elizabeth's blog spot at www.elizabethkendallblogspot.com.au. Elizabeth, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.